It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Uruguay's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Uruguay's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, this preamble is going to be the same for every media cast we do in the Players Series, so those familiar with it can jump ahead to around three and a half or four minutes uh, to when we begin talking about the team. Uh, the times for each section are near the top of the show notes or at the top of the show notes, and for YouTube watchers, uh, there's a timestamp as well as a kind of a handy-dandy bar across the bottom uh, where you can click and go directly to the points mentioned in the um, in the timestamp. For those looking for a quick version of this, you can skip to the end of the media cast here, the last 10 minutes uh, where we summarize the likely starters. And just prior to that, with about 25 minutes remaining, we'll have some discussion on the squad. So the main issues with the squad, their club affiliation, uh, some statistics and an overview of the new injured and outgoing players. We'll also be editing this media cast into a shorter version uh, for those who are just looking for an overview. So for those looking for a deeper dive, you've come to the right place. We go through the players and how likely each one is to make it to the final squad. And we explain why we think so and give information on each player's history and standing with the squad. And the way we do this is first by organizing the players into their designated positions. Uh, it should be noted that these are a bit artificial since players don't always play in their coded positions. Nevertheless, uh, we find it a good way to organize the discussion. And then we go through the players and share some of the data we've collected in our soccer files. And using that data, we try to predict how likely the player is to make the team. And that's based mostly on their recent participation, but we take a couple of other factors into account. Uh, we categorize them into definite, likely, possible, possible but unlikely, and seems to be off the squad. And we also mention big players who have recently retired and make note of any who are currently injured. And we finish by a quick run through of the squad again and try to determine which players are going to be the starters. Okay, and for those following on YouTube, we run a very simple graphic where we list the uh, names and you can actually see the players' names. Uh, we might mispronounce a few of them. And it's the same broadcast for the audio podcast, so we're going to try to repeat the names a few times to help listeners familiarize themselves so that you know who it is that's stepping onto the field when the uh, World Cup is happening. And perhaps you can impress your friends by telling them uh, something that you've learned here. And that's as much as we can do to this point. Uh, but as the rosters are being published, we're going to do an update episode for the teams and the players. And for the players, that'll essentially be going over our predictions, updating them based on the games played uh, between now and then, and revealing which players were selected for the final squad. So keep your eye out for those probably in um, mid-November. All right, well, it's time to move on to the... Uh, uh, to talk about Uruguay. So we're going to talk with a, uh, about a couple of takeaways from previous podcasts. So we did do a preview of the 2021 Copa America for Uruguay. And we've also done the group, um, the group podcast for the World Cup groups. And uh, there's a shortened version of that as well. 
So here are a couple of the things we drew out of this. Well, uh, Uruguay is a country of just 3.5 million people. And uh, we marvel at the record uh, of Uruguay, two World Cup wins, uh, several appearances in the in the semi-finals. Uh, um, and in terms of their regional competition, they are equal with uh, Argentina in terms of regional titles and ahead of Brazil. At one point, they were the, the most winning team in um, South America, but uh, uh, Argentina just caught up there in 2021. Uh, we also noted, though, that uh, the success is kind of undulating. So, undulating Uruguay is my is my title for this uh, uh, this comment. And uh, Uruguay have been up and down through history. They have been uh, quite successful, but at the same time, they've had uh, lulls in their history, which um, uh, we noted is kind of common of uh, smaller teams, uh, smaller teams that are less populous. Uh, so uh, we're concerned now because they have a lot of retiring stars that they may be moving into a down phase. The question is uh, whether they've been able to kind of uh, revitalize, refresh the squad so that the loss of those aging stars won't be uh, as much of a blow to them. And that does move us on to the third point. So those uh, first two are kind of team-oriented and the last two are more uh, kind of player-oriented. So we'll just uh, kind of introduce them here, and maybe you can keep an eye out as we're going through the players, um, and we'll come back to it after the player-by-player -player section of the podcast. So uh, aging stars, um, well, Uruguay has some big names, there, but they are well into their 30s now. So again, the question uh, is... Um, how much of a role are they going to play in this World Cup? And uh, is Uruguay uh, bringing in younger talent to replace them? Finally, we have um, a new manager. So their manager of 15 years, uh, Oscar Tabarez, um, was let go in November 2021 after they were, uh, basically they lost in Bolivia, which uh, left them in seventh place. And... Um, seventh place in that 10 10 team qualifying group for the world cup and uh Tabarez was replaced with ex-player alonso diego alonso uh, so we're going to keep a close eye on the changes made uh, as we go through the player by player uh, podcast what changes did alonso make to uh well obviously successful because they qualified for this cup and again that's another point we'll come back to Let's take a look at their formations over the last while. So we'll begin with the 2021 uh, Copa America. And we see that um, a bit of variety in the formations there. They started with a 4-4-2. Uh, game two, uh, game one there was against uh, Argentina. Game two against Chile was a 4-1-2-1-2. So if you imagine that one-two-one in the midfield as a bit of a diamond shape, um, game three and game five were a four-three-two-one, and game four was similar with the four-three. Uh, sorry, game three and five were four-three-one-two uh, with two forwards, and game four was four-three-two-one uh, with just the one forward. Okay, and then moving into uh, World Cup qualification. 
Uh, I'm going to look at the first eight games, uh, although there were 12 in all. You'll see why soon. And again, we see a big variety in the formation. Uh, twice they went to 4-3-3, twice a 4-1-4-1, twice a 4-3-1-2, and then a couple of other formations in there as well. So a lot of uh, variety in the formations. Uh, we'll look for patterns in a moment here. Uh, at that point, game eight, Tabarez was fired and Alonso was hired. And Alonso went with a 4-4-2, uh, so a formation they had only used um, once to that point in qualifying. He chose the 4-4-2 for the first three games of qualifying, and then they went uh, uh, to a 4-2-3-1 formation. So uh, almost a, a pattern started there, but not quite. Uh, because um, the last game was a change. And then the friendlies, so three friendlies uh, after World Cup qualifying was complete, and it was three different formations, none of them the 4-4-2 or the 4-2-3-1 that Alonso had used in the last games of World Cup qualifying. So a 4-1-4-1, a 3-5-2 in what was an experimental friendly uh, against the U.S., a lot of uh, USA a lot of different players used in that particular game. And then a 4-3-3 four, four, in the last friendly in June. So really no pattern or not much pattern to that. Uh, the only pattern we can really uh, discern is that generally it's four defenders. So amongst all of those games, uh, only two games did they not have a four-man back line. So halfway through qualifying, they tried a five-man back line. And then uh, in that experimental friendly against USA, a three-man backline. I would expect them to stick with the uh, four-man backline in the upcoming friendlies in September and in the World Cup. But we'll see. Uh, and in terms of the midfield and forwards, it's uh, very different. If I can use forwards as an example, uh, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's two, and sometimes it's one. So... Uh, not a lot of pattern. In fact, in the last friendlies, last three friendlies, it was all three of those. One forward, two forwards, three forwards. And the midfield is similar without going into detail. Uh, a lot of variety in the midfield. So that makes the player-by-player -player a bit more complex to deal with, but we'll try to uh, simplify it so that it's understandable. And we are going to uh, move into the player-by-player -player part of the podcast. So Let's begin with the manager. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about it. Uh, we'll start with outgoing manager Oscar Tabarez. And uh, wow, uh, we could give a lot of detail. If you just peek at the screen on YouTube, I'll show you the uh, soccer file notes we have on him. Wow, how intimidating. Look at all that. Uh, he's been around for a long time, taking them through uh, many tournaments. So Oscar Tabarez, manager of Uruguay, uh, since 2006, so 2006 to 2021. And we won't go into his um, history beyond that. We did that in a previous podcast for the 2021. Um, uh, oh, maybe we didn't. Anyway, no point in going into it. He managed a lot of club teams in uh, Argentina and Uruguay and South uh, uh, South. Um, America in general, as well as Italy. In terms of tournaments, he was the manager of uh, Uruguay 
since the 2007 Copa America. I actually should say he was also the manager of Uruguay uh, from 1988 to 1990. So 2006 actually was his second appointment as Uruguay manager. So really his first tournament was the 1989 Copa America and the 1990 World Cup. Actually, I'm, even as I'm saying this, I'm a bit surprised because that wasn't in my head. Uh, in terms of his second appointment, every, uh, uh, every tournament from the 2007 Copa America. So that includes successful qualifications for the 2010 uh, 2014 and 2018 World Cups and uh, every Copa America in between because that's automatic qualification. So the last tournament he um, uh, the last tournament he was the manager of was the uh, 2021 Copa America there and uh, um, a few months later was sacked uh, sacked as a manager I believe rather than the contract running out again because of that. Uh, loss in Bolivia, which left them seventh place in the South American group and in danger of not making qualifications. Well, the player they brought in, oh, sorry, the manager they brought in was Diego Alonso. And uh, he actually had been a player with uh, Uruguay, but not, not a big player. He only was on the team from 1999 to 2001 and only had seven caps. Uh, he was a forward, but... Um, not really uh, outstanding for the national team. Uh, prior to becoming manager of Uruguay in 2021, he was manager of Inter Miami in USA, and then a couple of teams in Mexico, Monterrey and uh, Pachuca, and, um, and then teams in South America in Paraguay and Uruguay. So, uh, um, yeah, he actually did participate in the 1999 uh, Copa America. And um, here he is uh, as manager uh, taking the team through the cup. So Oscar, uh, sorry, uh, Diego Alonso um, coming in into the ninth game of World Cup qualifying there. Let's take a look at goalkeepers. And the way we're going to do is to... Um, First of all, kind of go through the names and their likelihood of making the squad. And then we'll do the bio of each player. And then we'll we'll finish with a summary of the position, so uh, of goalkeeper in this case. So we have as a definite candidate, Sergio Rocher. And uh, as a likely candidate, the longtime starter, Fernando Muslera, just uh, moved down to likely here. And a possible candidate, uh, Sebastian Sosa. And then we have a whole bunch of candidates below that. So possible but unlikely is uh, Martin Campana and uh, Guillermo Diamores. And then uh, three who seem to be off the team but, but uh, were active during this period uh, since, 20, uh, since the beginning of 2021. Nicholas Deconis, uh, Kevin Dawson, and um, veteran of the national team, Martin Silva. So we'll take a look at some of these players, beginning with uh, uh, Sergio Rocher. So Sergio Rocher uh, is a definite candidate and started six of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America. He was on the bench for seven and injured for two others. Um, and despite being on the team, uh, 
uh, for the 2021 Copa America, he actually just earned his first cap or got his first uh, game in January 2022. So, uh, yeah, six caps for him. And uh, he is 29 years old, so a bit late in, in um, joining the national team setup. He plays for Nacional in Uruguay, one of Uruguay's biggest teams, and also played for Sivaspor in Turkey from 2017 to 19, and uh, Alkmaar in Netherlands prior to that. And uh, he, as I mentioned, was on the COP. Uh, on the squad for the 2021 Copa America, uh, just sitting on the bench there for all five games. Uh, Fernando Muslera, who we're going to talk about next, um, will be uh, was the starter in that tournament. So, um, yeah, Sergio Rocher was a bit of a surprise pick for that Copa America. Uh, he had been new to the squad, uh, just appearing on the bench for the last two warm-up games uh, before the tournament. Uh, started so he uh, um, replaced a couple of veterans there who we'll be looking at uh, okay so Fernando Muslera is the big name for uh, Uruguay uh, but he's only a likely candidate here he started nine of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America uh, he was subbed in for one and on the bench for three uh, and injured for two others. But we have him as likely because he basically was the starter and then lost his starting position uh, at the end under the new manager uh, to uh, Sergio Rocher. So Fernando Amuslera uh, is a veteran. He's been with Uruguay since 2009 and has 133 caps in that time. Uh, now he's 36 years old. Uh, he's been with Galatasaray in Turkey since uh, 2011 and was with uh, Lazio before that, uh, moving over from the Montevideo Warriors in 2007, Montevideo Warriors in Uruguay. So his first tournament was the 2007 Copa America. He was on the uh, roster there but didn't see any action. Uh, uh, Fabian Carini was the starting keeper there but from the 2010 world cup um yeah so i should actually say he was on the team since 2007 since he was selected for that tournament uh but his first cap seems to have been in 2009 uh from the 2010 world cup uh through all of the tournaments which i won't name uh singularly but significantly uh three world cups in there in 2010 14 and 18 uh, and all of the uh, uh, all of the uh, Copa Americas. I don't think he missed a game uh, in all of those tournaments. So he's been very steadily uh, the starting keeper until uh, losing his position, as we will see um, uh, towards the end of the period that we're looking at. So Fernando Muslera, nevertheless likely to make the cup, but looks like he'll be the back a backup keeper. Uh, this time. Sebastian Sosa is next. He's a possible candidate. He got his first appearance on the bench in January 22, uh, 2022, so under the new manager. Uh, he didn't start any of the remaining seven games, but he was subbed in for one and on the bench for five. So uh, he has been uh, with the team since 2022, but actually he's 36 years old, uh, just like Fernando Muslera. So very late in joining the squad. Uh, and he plays for Independiente in Argentina and was with uh, Mazatland uh, 
uh, up until 2021 there. Um, so Sebastian Sosa uh, has never been involved in any tournaments before. So a bit of a surprise inclusion here, especially at his age. Uh, Martin Campana uh, is possible but unlikely. He didn't start any of their 18 games since the 2021 Copa America, but he was on the bench for the first 10 and then not selected for the last uh, five matches. Sorry, that should be any of their uh, 15 games, I think since the uh, 2021 Copa America. Um, Martin Campania has been around for a long time, or quite a while, since 2016, and uh, but only has nine caps. Kind of hard to, uh, to get in any games with Fernando Muslera as the starter. Uh, Martin Campana is with Al Batin in Saudi Arabia since 2020, and was with Independiente in Argentina uh, prior to that, and with clubs in Uruguay for the most part, uh, um, for most of his career. Uh, so his first tournament was the 2016 Copa America, uh, and he was selected for every tournament after that, but he never saw action on the field. So always uh, uh, Fernando Muslera uh, starting the tournaments, but he sat on the bench for, the, for four tournaments. That's the 2018 World Cup the 2016, 19, and 21 Copa Americas. However, he seems to have drifted off the team uh, under the new manager there. Uh, so possible but unlikely, as well as uh, Guillermo de Amores. So uh, he got his first appearance on the bench in March 2022 and didn't start any of the remaining four games, but he was on the bench for one of them. So uh, coming in so late makes him uh, a bit of a possibility, but not a strong possibility. Uh, he is uh, 28 years old and has never never earned a cap for uh, Uruguay, plays for Lanus in Argentina. Uh, and then we have a couple of players who seem to be off the squad. So Nicolas Viconis, uh, he was called up um, to a preliminary squad in March 2022, but didn't make the bench. So very outside possibility. He plays for Mazatlan in Mexico. That's Nicholas Viconis. Uh, Kevin Dawson also uh, seems to be off the squad, or, or uh, I guess Viconis never really made it onto the squad. Uh, but uh, Kevin Dawson did get an appearance on the bench in November 2021. Uh, didn't start any games, but was on the bench for two games and then off the squad for the last seven. So Kevin Dawson plays for Penarol in Uruguay, and again, um, a very outside possibility there. However, the last one, Martin Silver, uh, is kind of a retiring uh, veteran. So he, uh, he was called up to the preliminary squad for a game in November 2021, uh, but didn't make the bench. So that makes um, 2020 uh, his last... Uh, appearance October 2020 his last appearance for the squad but he didn't make the 2021 Copa America squad either so just quickly on Martin Silva uh, was with the squad from 2009 to 20 uh, earned 11 caps again not many caps behind Muslera there and now he's 39 years old so um, but he is still playing club soccer he plays for Libertad in uh, Paraguay and uh, played for Vasco da Gama in Brazil uh, before that. So he was on the squad for the uh, 2020, sorry, the 2010 
World Cup as a backup keeper um, uh, on the roster and saw no action. And again, for uh, every tournament all the way up until the 2019 Copa America. So three World Cups and several Copa Americas. And in that time in tournament, he only uh, saw action in one game. And that was uh, game three of the 2013 Confederation Cup. Now I want to go back and check if Muslera, um, yeah, yeah, Muslera is a starting keeper there. So I was wrong. Muslera did miss one game, uh, one tournament game in his entire um, in his entire history with the squad. So uh, poor old um, Martin Silva never got onto the field, and the 2019 Copa America was his his last cup. All right, so that's a, a wider range of goalies, and you can you can see, um, you know, they have been trying out a few new names. Uh, some of them kind of came and went quickly, but in terms of who actually made the field, it's very simple. It was uh, Muslera in the Copa America, as it had been for a long time before, and Muslera in the first eight games of qualifying. But as soon as the new manager came in, uh, it was Sergio Rocher. And he started the, the remaining um, World Cup qualifying games and four of the five friendlies. Muslera brought back in for one of those friendlies, which uh, kind of suggests that he's uh, the second uh, string keeper. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, defenders then. And um, we are going to begin with central defenders uh, and introduce the candidates. So we have Diego Godin as a definite. And uh, Jose Maria Jimenez as also definite. And uh, Ronald Araujo, Araujo as a definite also, although uh, under the new manager, he has been playing uh, right back. We'll talk about that when we get to him. Uh, Sebastian Coates as a likely candidate. And then uh, Leandro Cabrera as uh, possible uh, but unlikely. And then three who are off the squad uh, here, Emmanuel Gularte, uh, Maximilio Falcon, and Jonathan Rack. So we'll go back to the top and talk about the veteran Diego Godin. So uh, kind of one of the aging stars now of Uruguay. He is the captain uh, of Uruguay. And uh, during this period, he started 12 of their 15 games since the 2021 uh, Copa America. Uh, and he was subbed in for one and injured for one and not selected for one. So Diego Godin has been with Uruguay since 2005 and has an impressive 160 caps and eight goals. Uh, he is 36 years old. Uh, he's uh, currently with Vélez Sarsfield in, uh, in, Aust in Argentina. Uh, he was uh, moved to them this year, actually... Uh, briefly was with Atletico Mineiro in Brazil in 2022. Uh, prior to that was with Italian clubs Cagliari in Italy and uh, Inter Milan in Italy. And uh, But spent most of his time with Atletico Madrid from 2010 to, to 19. So Atletico Madrid in Spain and uh, with uh, Villarreal in Spain for three years before that. His first tournament was the... Um, 2007 uh, Copa America, uh, and there he um, started and finished game one, 
but that was a, a 0 3 loss to Peru. So it seems like it cost him his starting position. So, uh, and he uh, was only briefly subbed into a couple of games after that. So, an inauspicious start for Diego Godin, but uh, certainly made up for it over the years. He was a starter uh, in the. Um, 2010 uh, World Cup, and uh, he missed two of the five games due to injury there. Uh, and in the 2011 Copa America, was just a substitute, just appeared briefly in Game Six. That was a tournament which they won their 15th title. Uh, but from 2013 uh, Confederations Cup, he uh, was starter for the team. So uh, through the 2014 World Cup, in the 2015 Copa America, he was the captain. And also, uh, uh, well, I think he's still the captain. So all the way through the 2018 World Cup and the two recent Copa Americas, without going into much detail, he was a starter and finisher uh, in all of those tournaments, as well as the uh, um, 2014 World Cup. So a real veteran with the squad, uh, Diego Godin. But at 36 years old, a bit of a concern uh, over age, um, nevertheless has been starting for the squad. Uh, Jose Maria Jimenez is younger. He is just uh, 27 years old, but has been the partner of Diego Godin for quite a while now. Uh, in terms of recent participation, he started 11 of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America and was on the bench and was out with two separate injuries for three matches, uh, including the last match, actually. Um, he was injured with a knock uh, um, for the last game, but uh, I saw that he was back in action with his team in August, so not a concern there. Jose Maria Jimenez has been with uh, Uruguay since 2013. He has 78 caps and 18 goals, and as we said, 27 years old. And uh, he was also with Atletico Madrid uh, for a long time, since 2013. So I said Diego Godin was with them since 2010. So um, playing alongside for the national team as well as their club team, Jose Maria Jimenez is still with Atletico Madrid. And uh, his first tournament was the 2013, uh, sorry, 2014 World Cup, where he was on the bench for game one, but gained a starting position uh, in game two and basically has been the starter uh, uh, ever since, all the way up to the uh, 20, uh, 21 Copa America there. So uh, in 2021 Copa America, he missed a penalty in games five, Game 5's uh, losing shootout with Colombia there. Uh, the penalty was saved by the keeper. Uh, but in the 2019 Copa America, he was named to the team of the tournament uh, there. Uh, okay, well, that is um, uh, Jose Maria Jimenez, and he looks like a definite candidate to us. And finally, the last definite candidate is Ronald Araujo. So he started seven of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America. He was also subbed in for one and on the bench for three, and uh, injured for one, so just not selected for one match there. Uh, Ronald Araujo has been with Uruguay since 2020, and has 12 caps. He's just 23 years old and uh, plays for Barcelona in Spain uh, since 2020. He was actually with Barcelona's B club from 2018 to 20. And uh, prior to that was with teams uh, in Uruguay. 
so a uh, good club affiliation there but in the 2021 copa america he was uh, on the roster but saw no actions and um i think he had a muscle injury uh, during that tournament um yeah, for some of the games, what was on the bench for some of the games. So uh, perhaps injury getting in the way, but a pretty uh, uh, pretty tough to break into that pairing of Jimenez and Godin, nevertheless. But we'll see he is starting to make inroads into the team. Uh, however, that's as a right defender. So under the new manager, Diego Alonso, uh, his starts have been as a right defender. Okay, we move on to the likely candidate, uh, Sebastian Coates. So Sebastian Coates started six of their 15 games since the 2021 uh, Copa America. He was on the bench for three and uh, out with a knee injury two separate times. So uh, it looks like it was the same, uh, same problem, but he uh, maybe seemed to have recovered, came back and re-injured it. Uh, five games he missed because of that, and he missed another one because of coronavirus. So a bit of a difficult, uh, a difficult period for him. Uh, Sebastian Coates uh, has been with uh, Uruguay since 2011, and has 47 caps and one goal, and is now 32 years old. He's been with Sporting Lisbon in Portugal since 2017, and he was with Sunderland in England from 2015 to 17 and uh, Liverpool uh, from 2011 to 15. But uh, I think he didn't show his best in uh, England. Uh, that's kind of my recollection. I was hoping he would do well because I knew him from the 2011 uh, Copa America. But um, I think he's done better with Sporting Lisbon. Uh, anyway, his first tournament was that 2011 Copa America, where he didn't uh, appear in the first game, but gained a starting position uh, for most of the uh, other games. Um, he got three yellow cards uh, during tournament, so he was suspended for, um, for game four there. Uh, otherwise, he's kind of just being... Um, uh, just being kind of on the bench or uh, uh, appearing, actually in most tournaments, appearing uh, in a B-team game or in, in kind of one game, but uh, not uh, finding his way into the squad as a starter. Uh, however, he has been called up for all of the tournaments uh, since the 2011 Copa America, except for one, uh, the 2016 Copa America Centenario, where he was selected for the preliminary squad but didn't make the final squad. Uh, but otherwise, in all tournaments, he has been a bench player, um, although he has been quite consistently called up. So Sebastian Coate is a likely candidate here. Uh, again, if he is on the, uh, on the squad, it looks like he would be a substitute here too. Okay, we have one player who is possible but unlikely, and that's Leandro Cabrera. And he got his first appearance on the bench in February 2022 and didn't start any of their remaining six games, but he was on the bench for uh, two matches. However, he wasn't selected for the last three. So another of several players who seem to have uh, come and gone. Leandro Cabrera is 31 years old and doesn't have any caps for Uruguay. And... Uh, uh, is currently playing for Espanyol in Spain since 2020. Emmanuel Goularte uh, was called up to a preliminary squad for a game in March 2022, but didn't make the bench. Uh, he's 20, 
uh, five years old and plays for Puebla in Mexico. Uh, no caps uh, so far for him. And similarly, 25-year-old Maximilio Falcán uh, called up uh, to a preliminary squad in November 2021, but didn't actually make the squad. So uh, his name kind of circulating around, but doesn't have any caps for Uruguay. And he plays for Colo Colo in Chile, one of their biggest clubs. And uh, finally, Jonathan Rack um, called up to that same preliminary squad in November 2021, but didn't make the bench. He plays for Tijuana in Mexico. Um, no caps for him either. He's 28. So uh, those three players, um, very, very slim chance of making the squad. And let's finish with a summary of the position. So as we saw, most of their games have been uh, a four-man backline. So that means two central defenders. And most of the time, that's Godin and Jimenez. Uh, it was in the cup. And for most of the games of World Cup qualifying, although uh, Araujo and Coates each had two appearances. So my mistake there, not all of Araujo's games have been as a right back. Looks like uh, twice he was in as a central defender. Uh, the new manager uh, stuck with Godin and Jimenez for the uh, World Cup, remaining World Cup qualifying games, and for two of the three, uh, and um, into two of the friendlies. Uh, but uh, Sebastian Coates replaced each one of them once. And then finally, in the last game, the manager experimented with a whole new backline, uh, Araujo and Coates, uh, playing game three. So a little uh, uncertain what is uh, going to happen um, with the defense there. But honestly, I'd personally be surprised if they didn't stick with uh, Godin and Jimenez and then look look to change that after the World Cup, especially since Godin uh, might well retire after this cup. Okay, let's move on to the left-back position. And here we have a definite candidate in Matthias Wiener. And a, um, what is it, likely candidate in veteran Martin Casares. And a likely candidate in Matthias Oliveira. Uh, I'd be surprised if they bring three, but uh, we'll, we'll see why we have them as likely candidates. We also have a, a possible candidate in Joaquin Piqueres. And uh, seemingly off the squad is Al Alfonso Espina and uh, uh, Agustin Oliveros. Uh, I shouldn't say really off the squad because they never made it really onto the squad, but we'll see. Ola, let's go back to uh, Matthias Wiener as the definite candidate. He started eight of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America and was on the bench for two besides and then out with two separate injuries for the other three matches. So always called up when he's available. Uh, Matthias Wiener has been with Uruguay since 2019, but has 26 caps in that time, so uh, has been used quite a bit. He's 25 years old. And Matthias Wiener plays for Roma in Italy uh, since 2021. He was with Palmeiras in Brazil uh, before that and moved over from Nacional in Uruguay in 2020 that was also his youth club in the 2021 uh, copa america he was a starter so a starter in his first tournament and um he also missed a penalty in that 
uh, game five shootout against Colombia. He missed the last one. Uh, David Ospina saving that one too. Uh, but he was uh, good on the wing in that tournament, made a couple of good crosses uh, there and seems to be uh, fairly firmly established in the squad. Um, perhaps not always a starter, but always called up at least. Uh, Martin Caceres is kind of the veteran um, uh, veteran defender and actually started as a central defender once. That was in the only game where they used a three-man uh, central defence. Actually, there were two games, but... Uh, I believe that was in the friendly where they used a three-man defense and he was brought in on the right side of that uh, defense. So Martin Caceres has started uh, just three of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, uh, but he was subbed in for four and on the bench for six games. So only two games that he wasn't selected for. Uh, that's why we have him as likely to uh, be on the squad for the cup. Uh, Martin Caceres has been with Uruguay since 2007 and has 115 caps and four goals, um, but he's 35 years old, so getting up there in age. Um, but recently moved to the LA Galaxy in USA in 2022, having been with Levante in Spain and Cagliari uh, in Italy and Fiorentina in Italy. He seems to have uh, kind of moved... Um, uh, quite a bit uh, during his recent years. I have a long list of uh, teams, but he's played for Juventus in Italy, I think for, uh, four different times uh, he was with Juventus and from 2008 to 2011 with Barcelona. So pretty good uh, club profile for Martin Caceres, although he hasn't stayed with uh, any club, it seems, for more than three years. Uh, he was part of the squad in the 2010 World Cup but just appeared um, uh, later in that tournament in games six and seven, and the semi-final and the third place match, uh, but was a starter in the 2011 Copa America. And uh, I think he's been a starter in all the tournaments since. Uh, well, he was in the uh, 2014 World Cup, but actually was off the squad for the 2015 and 16 Copa Americas. He was injured for the 2015, and it seems he simply wasn't selected for the for the uh, Centenario edition in 2016. But for the 2018 World Cup, he was back as the starter and uh, started also the 2019 Copa America, but not the 2021. He was just a substitute. Uh, in that tournament. So, yes, now definitely seems to be drifting down to the substitute uh, um, uh, role. And I would guess that's because of his age, 35 years old. All right, the next candidate, Matthias Oliveira, doesn't have nearly as long a history as Martin Caceres. He got his first cap in January 2022, but uh, he did start four of their remaining seven games. Uh, under the new manager, and he was subbed in for two, uh, and the only one he missed was uh, one that he was injured for. So Matthias Oliveira, um, uh, six caps uh, since 2022, and is 25 years old. He plays for Napoli in Italy. That's a recent move, actually, in 2022, having been with Hetafe in Spain from 2017 to 20 uh, to 2022. So. Uh, a move upward there in his club affiliation and uh, also in terms of the uh, Uruguay team where he, he kind of threatens to take over that uh, left 
back position. All right, uh, Joaquin Piqueres is a uh, possible candidate here. He got his first cap in September 2021, so right after the uh, um, Copa America there, and he started three of their remaining games. Uh, he was subbed in for four and on the bench for one, uh, but then he was not selected for six of the last seven matches, so seemed to be popular under uh, Coach Tabarez and working his way into the squad nicely, but then uh, doesn't seem to have uh, caught the eye of Diego Alonso and actually seems to be, uh, could well be off the team uh, now. So Joaquin Piqueres uh, has seven caps since 2021, his first, and is uh, 24 years old, so a chance of making it back into the squad, and he plays for Palmeiras in Brazil. Uh, and then we have two candidates who seem to be off the squad now. Alfonso Espino uh, was called up to a preliminary squad uh, for the 2022 uh, March game, but um, didn't make the bench and hasn't any caps or bench appearances for Uruguay. 29 years old and he plays for Cadiz in Spain. So that Alfonso Espino uh, seems to be off the squad. Same with Agustin Oliveros. Uh, he also seems to be off the squad. He last appeared for the national team in uh, November 2020. But again, uh, another player called up to uh, the preliminary squad, uh, but not actually selected for the final squad. So uh, he seems to be off the team. Uh, Augustin Oliveros, also um, uh, 24 years old. I wonder if I uh, made a mistake there. Alfonso Espino is 29 years old. I may have said he's 24. It's Agustin Oliveros, who's 24, plays for Necaxa in Mexico, and um, again, seemingly off the squad. Uh, seemingly off the squad now. Uh, he was actually a consideration, Agustin Oliveros, for the 2021 Copa America, uh, but whatever consideration there was was drowned by the fact that he was injured for the Cup, so uh, didn't end up being considered. All right, those are the candidates for left back, and we'll talk about the history of the position over the last uh, little while. So it was uh, Matthias Wiener in the 2021 Copa America playing all games there. He continued into World Cup qualifying and uh, played most of the games under Tabarez, which was the first eight games. But actually, uh, Picares replaced him three times, uh, including the last two. Uh, and once the new manager came in, it was a, a shift to uh, Oliveira, sorry, Matthias Oliveira, and um, uh, Bavina did play the last game of World Cup qualifying, so Oliveira playing three of them and Vina playing one of them. And also Oliveira dominated the friendlies, uh, playing two of the three. Um, but Vina was on the field actually playing uh, as a left winger, um, in the game that had a three-man defense. So effectively uh, was selected for one of the three games, although it was as a left winger um, uh, because there was no left back position. Okay, so uh, we leave it kind of uh, up in the air between uh, Oliveira and Vina as the starter there, and we move on to right backs. So in the right back position, we uh, don't have any definite candidates. We have Damian Suarez as a likely candidate, and we have uh, Guillermo Varela as a possible candidate. 
And finally, we have Giovanni Gonzalez as a player who seems to be off the squad. So let's take a look at Damian Suarez. Uh, he actually returned after a 12-month absence in November 2021 uh, to start two of their remaining nine games and additionally was subbed in for four and on the bench for two. Um, uh, there's one game missing there, but uh, we, we forge on. <laughs> Damien Suarez uh, then has been with the team since 2022 and has uh, six caps and uh, no goals. He is uh, quite old, actually, 34 years old. Uh, so a very late start with the, with the team, as we saw with one of the goalkeepers. Uh, Damien Suarez plays for Hatafe in Spain and has done so since 2015. Uh, he moved over from uh, Defensor Sporting in Uruguay in 2012 to play for uh, teams in Spain. However, he has never made a tournament. Uh, I said he returned after a 12-month absence, which means he was kind of off the team during the 2021 Copa America. But I do believe he had been on the team uh, no, actually, this is kind of a very interesting history. He got his first cap. Uh, no, he got his first appearance on the bench in May 2008, believe it or not. And then Ruth uh, recalled uh, for the national team uh, for four appearances on the bench in 2020. So uh, returned after uh, a 12-year absence, uh, but on the bench both times. Um, and he got his first start in 2022. So... Uh, an interesting story there, Damien Suarez, and he may be getting his chance because uh, we have him as a likely candidate. So uh, a kind of a charming story uh, if he makes the squad there. Guillermo Varela uh, returned himself after a four-year absence in June 2022. Uh, he just started one of their remaining two games there, and he was on the bench for the other. So always a bit difficult to know uh, when a player comes in right at the end. Uh, the September games may shed some light on that. Guillermo Var Varela uh, got his first cap in 2017, but only has nine caps, as we said, a four-year absence there. He's 29 years old. And uh, he's playing for Dinamo Ros uh, Moscow uh, in Russia, or at least he is on their roster. But uh, many, many uh, countries have... Um, uh, advised their players to leave Russian teams and uh, he was loaned to Flamenco uh, in Brazil since 2022. I mean advised to leave Russian teams since the uh, uh, the political problem with the Ukraine there. Uh, so um, Dinamo Moscow loaned him out to Flamengo in Brazil. That's where he is now. He had been with Copenhagen in Denmark from 2019 to 2021 and with Manchester United in England, uh, although I don't believe he played any games for them. Um, I'm not sure, I must say. Uh, but anyway, it was with Manchester United in uh, England from 2013 to 17. Uh, so some good club affiliations there for Guillermo Valer, uh, Varela. And in terms of tournaments, uh, he was selected uh, for the preliminary squad for the 2016 Copa America, but didn't make the final cut. However, he was selected uh, for the 2018 World Cup and, in fact, was a starter in Games 1 and 2 and then lost his starting position, uh, never to reappear um, there. So... 
Um, I'm not sure why he lost his starting position because none of their goals were scored uh, under his watch. But there we have it. Uh, and the last candidate is one who seems to be off the squad, Giovanni, uh, Giovanni Gonzalez. And uh, he didn't start any of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, but he was subbed in for three and on the bench for five. However, uh, under the new manager, he was not selected and uh, wasn't selected for the last seven matches there. So um, uh, Giovanni Gonzalez uh, has been with Uruguay since 2019 and has 16 caps and three goals, which is pretty good for a defender. Uh, he's 28 years old and plays for Mallorca in Spain. Uh, that's a recent move, actually, in 2022 from Peneral. Uh, one of the big clubs in Uruguay, where he was from 2018 to 2022. So Giovanni Gonzalez was on the team for the Copa Americas in 2019 and 21. In fact, uh, he gained a starting position uh, after game two in the 2019 uh, Copa America. That really was because he was replacing the injured Diego Laxalt uh, there. But he was a starter in the 2021 uh, Copa America, um, I believe Laxalt wasn't selected for that tournament, so maybe he kind of took over the, the role. But uh, in turn, uh, in a kind of a karmic wheel thing, he started games one and two and then lost his starting position uh, in, that, uh, in that tournament. And now, uh, again, doesn't seem to be a favorite of the new manager and hasn't played the last seven games. So we have him as seemingly off the team although there is an outside chance for him. Um, uh, we'll summarize the position. Uh, as we said, Giovanni Gonzalez for the first two games of the uh, Copa America, but then he was actually uh, replaced by an out-of-position uh, Nahita uh, Nandez. So he's a right midfielder, but he took over as the right back for the last three games. And actually, Nandez continued uh, for the first six games of World Cup qualifying. I should have actually uh, talked about Nandez here, but since he's coded as a right midfielder, we'll have to cover him there. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Martin Cáceres came in for the last two games under uh, Tabárez, uh, game seven and eight of the World Cup qualifying, but the new manager uh, uh, used uh, the central defender Araujo for the remaining four World Cup games and for the first friendly. And then uh, Varela, uh, Varela played um, basically in the position, although it was a three-man defense, so the right back moved up to right winger. Um, Varela played that game, and then Damien Suarez um, got his start um, in the last friendly. Uh, got one of his starts there in the in the last friendly. So again, that position uh, very much up in the air uh, right now. And uh, the September games again may shed some light for us on that. Meanwhile, we move on to midfielders, and we're going to cover defensive midfielders and central midfielders before uh, summarizing the position. So we have as defensive midfielders uh, Manuel Ugarte and he's a likely candidate. And then we have two players who are uh, seemingly off the squad, uh, Fabricio Diaz and Cesar Araujo. 
uh, or defensive midfielder. So we'll take a look at Manuel Ugarte. Uh, he got his first cap in September 2021, right after the, uh, uh, or actually two in the second game after the Copa America. Uh, and he started one of their remaining 14 games. Uh, but he was subbed in for four and on the bench for three and not selected for three others. So normally I would have him as a possible candidate, but um, uh, his club affiliation made me move him up one notch. So we'll get to that shortly. So uh, uh, Manuel Ugarte has six caps since uh, 2021. And um, no, sorry, that's five caps since 2021. And is just 21 years old. Uh, but again, we moved him up because he recently... Uh, or in 2021, got a move to Sporting Lisbon in Portugal, uh, a fairly big club. He was actually with a much smaller club, uh, Famalicão, in Portugal in 2021, having moved from uh, Phoenix in Uruguay in 2020. So uh, a big move up in terms of club affiliation there for Ugarte. And so uh, I thought that might boost his chances for making it to the cup. Um, okay, Fabricio Diaz was called up to a preliminary squad in March 2022, but didn't make the bench. So he is just uh, 19 years old, so we may see him down the road. He plays for Liverpool Montevideo in Uruguay. And uh, similarly, Cesar Araujo uh, called up to a preliminary squad in March 2022, but didn't make the squad. And he is uh, 21 years old and plays for Orlando City in USA. So it looks like uh, um, they won't make this squad, but they could be uh, names uh, in the future, especially since Uruguay will probably be doing some uh, rejuvenation there. So uh, again, we won't do the summary until we go through the central midfielders here. Um, and let's see who we have. Well, we we do have Ro Rodrigo Bentecourt. Uh, he's classified as a central midfielder, uh, but we've moved him to uh, the left midfielder role because that's where he played more, uh, specifically more of a left central midfielder. But we have a lot of candidates here, so I thought it would uh, clarify things to move him to uh, the left midfielder uh, position when we talk about him. So we have uh, Matthias Vecino um, as a definite candidate. And we have Lucas Torreira, also a definite candidate. And uh, we also moved Federico Valverde, uh, who's classified as a central midfielder, because he's been more on the right side. So we moved him to right midfielder, uh, but like, uh, uh, like Rodrigo Bentecourt on the left. It seems more of kind of a right central midfielder role, if you will. So we'll talk about Valverde a little bit. Um, and we'll, we'll continue with the central midfielders because we have two more likely candidates in Mauro Arambari and uh, Fernando uh, Goriaran, uh, both likely candidates. And finally, uh, someone who seems to be off the squad, uh, Juan Manuel Sanabria. Uh, seemingly off the squad. So really, uh, we have uh, uh, four definites, two likelies here in the central midfield. So you can maybe understand why I moved a couple of them uh, uh, to separate, to make the discussion a bit 
bit simpler. Okay, Matthias Vecino uh, started 12 of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America. He was suspended for one and out with coronavirus uh, also uh, for one and not selected for one. Matthias Vecino has been with uh, Uruguay since 2016, but has 62 caps and four goals, so a player they rely on there. He's 31 years old and uh, recently moved to Lazio in Italy in 2022 from Inter Milan, where he played for five years and was with Fiorentina in Italy for four years before that. So good club affiliation for Matthias Vecino. And in terms of tournaments, his first start was in the, uh, or his first tournament was the 2016 Copa America Centenario. And he was a starter in the 2018 World Cup, uh, starting all five games as a kind of a right central midfielder there. Uh, but he also moved to the left in the World Cup. Uh, 2019 Copa America, he started game one there, but he was subbed out 81 minutes in uh, due to an injury which ended his tournament. Uh, and for the 2021 Copa America, he started off as a substitute, uh, subbing into game one, but then gained a starting position uh, uh, for the... Um, uh, for the 2021 Copa America. And just as an indication of how tricky it is to kind of organize these players, he lined up as a stopper in one game and then as a central midfielder. So kind of all over the central midfield uh, there. He got an assist of a goal uh, against Chile in, the, in that Copa America. So uh, moves upfield a little bit sometimes also. Uh, so, Matthias Rosinio, a definite candidate, as is our next candidate, Lucas Torreira. So, Lucas Torreira started five of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, uh, but he was subbed in for three and on the bench for two. Uh, he was out with coronavirus and not select uh, for two matches there, two matches for coronavirus, and not selected for three matches. But those were the first three matches after the 2021 Copa America. So ever since then, he's always been called up when, when available. So um, he has been with Uruguay since 2018, but has 40 caps in that time. So Lucas Torreira becoming an important player for Uruguay. He's 26 uh, years old. And uh, like the goalkeeper, Ferdinand Muslera, he plays for Galatasaray in Turkey. However, he has just joined them in 2022. He was with Arsenal in England from uh, uh, 2018, although he was loaned out from Arsenal to Fiorentina and to Atletico Madrid. So pretty good club affiliations there for Lucas Torreira uh, as well. In terms of tournaments, uh, he his first tournament was the 2018 World Cup where he was a substitute for the first two games and then gained a starting position. Uh, after that and uh, in the 2019 Copa America he was also a substitute but just a substitute uh, uh, in that one um, no he did actually get a starting position for game two but didn't hold on to that starting position uh, there so a substitute in 2019 in 2021 he was a starter in game one but uh, lost his starting position in that cup, so became a substitute. So that's a pretty tough, as you'll see with all the players that we've mentioned, a uh, pretty tough central midfield to break into. And despite his good club affiliations, doesn't seem to have kind of fully broken in uh, as a starter uh, for that. But we do have him as a definite because he, he uh, is always called up.
All right, let's move on to the two likely candidates, Mauro and Arambari. Uh, he started one of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, but he was subbed in for seven and on the bench for two. So uh, he was also injured for two matches there. So he got his first cap in 2020 and has 12 caps uh, since that time. And uh, he is 27 years old. He plays for Getafe in Spain. I think that's the third player um, who have been with that club. Uh, that's since 2018. Um, he's also played for uh, Bordeaux in France. Uh, I think he was jumping back and forth between the, the A team and B team for Bordeaux when he was with them in 2016 and 17. Otherwise, he's been with clubs in Uruguay. So actually, even between uh, Getafe in Spain and Bordeaux in France, he was with uh, Boston River in Uruguay um, there. So Mauro um, Arambari, uh, in terms of tournaments, doesn't have any uh, tournaments under his belt, even though he was around for the uh, 2021 Copa America. He wasn't selected uh, even for the preliminary squad. Um, yeah, I'm not sure they had a preliminary squad. Anyway, he wasn't selected. Uh, Fernando uh, Goriaran uh, is also a likely candidate. Uh, he just started one of their 15 games since the Copa America, but he was subbed in for four and on the bench for six. So... Um, actually has been with the team since 2021 uh, and has seven caps. So I imagine most of those were before the uh, 2021 Copa America. Uh, he is 28 years old, Fernando Goriaran, and plays for Santos Laguna, uh, Laguna in uh, Mexico. Prior to that, he was with uh, Ferran Cavarosi in Hungary. I can't believe I said that. Uh, correctly the first time, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on Ferran Cavarasi. Maybe I should say it a couple of more times just to celebrate uh, my 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 tongue and lips wrapping itself around that difficult name. Uh, prior to uh, that team in Hungary, Ferran Cavarasi, he was with uh, River Plate in uh, River Plate Montevideo, Monte, Montevideo in Uruguay. Uh, in terms of tournaments, he was on the squad for the. 2021 Copa America, Fernando Goriaran, uh, but appeared only briefly in game one where he was uh, a substitute with about uh, five minutes to go there. Uh, okay, so he is a likely candidate to make the squad. Doesn't look like he would be a starter. Finally, we have uh, Juan Manuel Sanabria, and he uh, was called up to a preliminary squad in March 2022, but didn't make the bench. So we have a whole bunch of players like that. And really, I'm kind of mentioning them because uh, uh, they look like they'll be future candidates. So, for example, uh, Juan Manuel Sanabria uh, is with Atletico Madrid in Spain since 2021. That's a big club. Uh, he's 22 years old and doesn't have any caps for Uruguay. But, uh, you know, it was kind of an outside consideration this time. Uh, and um, I, I guess we'll be seeing his name, uh, especially if he stays on with a big club like that. So let's look at the uh, summary now. So summarizing that central midfielder position among the uh, defensive midfielders and central midfielders that we've talked about. And uh, here we go. It's quite complex. Uh, it was uh, Bentacur and Torreira in the first game of the Cup. 
And then uh, Vecino came in after that, um, I think as the, as the single uh, central midfielder there, they switched positions or switched formations after that. So Vecino continued into World Cup qualifying um, and they were kind of rotating around the midfield uh, a little bit there. So uh, he switched with uh, Bentecourt, who's normally on the left, once and Torreira. Torreira not uh, getting in as much as the other players, uh, as much as Vecino, Bentecourt and Valverde. Uh, for games four and five of World Cup qualifying, uh, Vecino was joined uh, by Valverde as a partnership. And then the new manager came in and it was still, uh, it was a two-man midfield under the new manager in that 4-4-2 formation. Um, but Vecino uh, was, was selected for the first game, game eight, but then Bentecourt and Balverde became the main pairing uh, after that. So uh, Torreira uh, switched in a couple of times and played stopper in uh, two of the three times that they used a 4-1-4-1 formation. Ooh, and uh, that second friendly against the USA uh, saw three players, Ugarte, Arambari, and Gori Aran, uh, all got their only start in that game against the USA. And that was uh, where they used a 3-5-2 formation. So three central midfielders in that game. So again, it seems uh, it seems to be Vecino as maybe the main man uh, in the central midfield. But uh, the pairing of Bentecur and Valverde um, um, uh, perhaps going to replace uh, Vecino. But uh, Vecino, Bentecur, Valverde and Torreira all kind of uh, used in central midfield. And I realize that's quite complex. So even with my uh, effort to simplify it there, it remains a bit difficult to uh, clarify. Let's move on to left midfielders, though. And so for left midfielders, I'm thinking more defensive midfielders. If you think of a 4-3-3 formation, this would be the left and the right midfielders uh, along the center there. That's where um, I'm thinking of left midfielders. Otherwise, we'll talk about wingers or attacking midfielders uh, later in the podcast. And we've moved uh, Rodrigo Bentecourt from a central midfielder over to this left midfield position because that's primarily where he plays. We did see him in the center uh, one or two times, but primarily on the left there. And he had started uh, 11 of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America. He was suspended for one and injured for the last three matches there. Uh, he was injured with a back problem in June. However, he was playing for his new club, Tottenham, uh, in August. So seems to have recovered uh, from that injury. Uh, for Uruguay, he's been with them since 2017, Rodrigo Bentecourt, and has amassed 51 caps uh, in that time. He's 25 years old, not a big scorer. He's only got one goal under his belt, but um, has good club affiliations, recently moving to Tottenham in England in 2022. And he moved from uh, Juventus in Italy, uh, where he was from 2017 to 22. And he was with Boca Juniors in Argentina, one of the biggest South American clubs there. And uh, that was his youth club also. 
Um, Rodrigo Bentacur's first tournament was the 2018 World Cup where he was a starter, started all five games there, and he was a starter in the uh, 2019 and 2021 Copa Americas. Uh, in 2021, he wasn't uh, a starter in all of the games. Uh, three of the five games there, he was a starter. Uh, so Rodrigo Bentacur, uh, a definite candidate for the Cup. And that's the only one we have uh, as a left midfielder. I would say coded as a left midfielder, but even Bentacur isn't coded there. So they really don't have anyone coded as a left midfielder. On the right side, though, uh, we we moved Federico Valverde, uh, coded as a central midfielder, over to here, uh, and we have him as a definite candidate. But we do have one player coded as a as a right midfielder, and that's uh, Nahatin Nandez. Um, but just to complicate things, he played uh, mostly as a right back in the cup. So. Uh, Uruguay never making it easy for us to to define their positions. Anyway, Nadine Nandez, a possible candidate uh, for the selection for this uh, World Cup here. So Federico Valverde is our definite candidate. He uh, started 12 of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, and he was subbed in for one and injured for two others. And uh, he's been with Uruguay since 2017, has 44 caps and uh, four goals. So uh, he's 24 years old. Uh, and he uh, plays for Real Madrid in Spain since 2017. So he's been with them for quite a while. He was actually with the B team uh, in 2016-17 and uh, moved over from Peneral in 2016. Uh, Peneral was his youth club also. Uh, he didn't make the final cut for the 2018 World Cup. He was selected for the preliminary squad, uh, but despite being a Real Madrid player by that time, did not make the final cut. And in the 2019 Copa America, he was uh, subbed into games one and two, but then got a starting position after that. By the 2021 Copa America, he started all five games. So a pretty competitive midfield for uh, uh, Uruguay here, and uh, Valverde had a bit of difficulty working his way into the starting lineup, but definitely seems to be there now. Uh, perhaps scoring two goals and qualifying helped his cause. Uh, Nahatin Nandez is a possible candidate. He started the first eight of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, but he was out with two separate injuries for four games, and then not selected for the last three matches. So um, maybe drifting off the squad under the new manager. Uh, Nandez has been with Uruguay since 2015 and has 49 caps and no goals for him. And he is 27 years old. And he plays for Cagliari in Italy since 2019 and was also with Boca Juniors in Argentina uh, from 2017 to 19. There, Peneral was his first club and his youth club. Uh, Nandez, Nahatin Nandez, uh, Nahitan, I should say. Nahitan Nandez was uh, um, selected for the preliminary squad for the 2016 Copa America Centenario, but didn't make the final cut there. And his first tournament was uh, um, the 2018 World Cup, where he was a starter, didn't uh, start game two, 
uh, actually just subbed uh, into that game late. Um, maybe um, got a bit of notoriety because he got in an alterca altercation uh, with Francis Paul Pogba. Uh, Pogba had grabbed him behind from behind uh, from behind his neck and pulled forward with really what might have been a red card had uh, Nandez made more of it, but um, uh, nevertheless got in a bit of a, uh, I think, a, a shoving match with him there. Um, 2019 uh, World Cup, uh, goal, Copa America, uh, he started games one, two, and four, also missed game three uh, there, actually uh, subbed into that game at halftime. So a starter in the 2019 Copa America, and um, he uh, scored actually a beautiful goal against Ecuador, but it was disallowed because another player was offside. Um, so sad. The 2021 Copa America, he was a substitute for games one and two and then gained a starting position uh, for the remaining three games there. So now uh, Team Nandez, but now uh, looks like um, uh, just a possible candidate, particularly because he, he missed those three matches in June. But it'll be interesting to see if he uh, shows up uh in the September games, and I, I want to repeat there that he played as a right back uh, during the Copa America there. Okay, let's summarize the right midfielder position. So it was Valverde in the Cup and in World Cup qualifying. Again, there was a bit of rotation in the midfield. So Vecino uh, uh, played the position once and Torreira twice. Um, in, in Alonso's four-man midfield, um, the uh, position was not used, uh, and rather it would be wingers in a four-man midfield. Uh, so uh, Valverde played the position the only time it was uh, used, and that was the last friendly. And nevertheless, he gets onto the field um, uh, in other positions as well. So um, the right midfield pretty much nailed down there by Valverde. Okay, let's move on to the uh, wingers. And again, it's it's not used all the time, but just when there's a four-man or a five-man midfield, uh, we'll see wingers. And we have uh, um, Nicolas de la Cruz. He's actually coded as an attacking midfielder, but when he's on the field, he's generally uh, um, on as a left winger or a left attacking midfielder. And so we'll cover him here. He is a likely candidate, Nicolas de la Cruz. And we have two possible candidates in Facundo Torres and in Diego Rossi. Uh, and we, are, we have a possible but unlikely in Brian Rodriguez. And uh, two players who seem to be off the squad, uh, Ferdinand, uh, sorry, Federico Martinez and Brian Lozano. Okay, so let's go back to uh, Nicolas de la Cruz, the likely candidate uh, when they use a left winger. And he plays, uh, he started four of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America. He was also subbed in for two and on the bench for two. And he was injured for three games, so uh, likely. Uh, he's been with Uruguay since 2020 and has 17 caps and two goals and is 25 years old. And he plays for uh, Argentina's other big club there, River Plate, uh, since 2017, right on the border there with Uruguay. And uh, he played for Liverpool Montevideo in Uruguay 
uh, as his first club and his youth club. So Nicolas de la Cruz started all five games in the 2021 Copa America and um, lined up as a left winger uh, uh, there, but also as a left midfielder and a left attacking midfielder. Uh, midfielder. So if you kind of imagine the upper left quadrant of the field, you'll find Nicolas de la Cruz dashing about in that area. Um, Facundo Torres started one of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, uh, but he was subbed in for two and on the bench for six games uh, and also injured for two matches. Uh, however, he was not selected for the last three matches. So uh, never a good thing, uh, but we'll see in the September games whether he makes a return. So Facundo Torres uh, has been with the national team since 2021 and uh, has eight caps. Um, uh, sorry, has 10 caps. He's 22 years old and plays for Orlando City in the USA since 2022. Uh, prior to that, he was with Peneral in Uruguay, which was also his youth club. And he was part of the Copa America 2021. Uh, he subbed into all five games, actually, and uh, was pretty active. He just had 17 minutes against Bolivia, but he was very active. And he assisted a goal as well as missing a few good chances there. So made a bit of an impression on me. Um yeah, so that's uh, Facundo Torres, a possible candidate for this cup. Diego, excuse me, Diego Rossi first appeared on the bench in late 2022, uh, but then was off the team for two and a half years. And he returned in March 2022 to start one of their remaining four games. And uh, he was subbed in for two and on the bench for two. Maybe that was five games uh, left, uh, but called up for all of them. Uh, Diego Rossi's um, been with Uruguay then since 2022 and has uh, three caps and one goal and he is 24 years old and he plays for Fenerbahce in Turkey since uh, 2022 so that's a recent move prior to that he was with Los Angeles FC in the USA uh, and they loaned him out to Fenerbahce um, uh, so that's where he is now. So a pretty good club affiliation uh, for Diego Rossi. Uh, he is a uh, possible candidate. And uh, possible but unlikely is Brian Rodriguez. So he started six of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America and was subbed in for one and on the bench for one besides. However, under the new manager, he hasn't been called up. So not selected for the last seven matches. So look fairly established or, or with you know under Tabarez uh during the early part of this period uh but not um not called up by the new manager uh Brian Rodriguez has been with Uruguay since 2019 and has 17 caps and three goals and even now is just 22 years old so a very young player got an early start with Uruguay when he was 19 years old. And he plays for Club America in Mexico and also played for Los Angeles FC uh, at the same time as Diego Rossi there uh, from 2019 to uh, 22. And they loaned him out to Almera in Spain. So uh, Los Angeles FC loaning their players out to uh, European clubs and uh, um, 
kind of broadcasting them out. Uh, Brian Rodriguez was uh, part of the squad for the 2021 Copa America, but uh, he was uh, on the bench, in fact, not even on the bench for games two and three uh, there. Uh, so uh, has had trouble working his way into the team, but he seemed to do so after the Copa America until the new manager came in. So we'll have to see what becomes of Brian Rodriguez. Uh, Frederico Martinez uh, got his first appearance on the bench in September 2021 and didn't start any of the uh, 15 games since the Copa America, uh, but he was subbed in for one and on the bench for one. Uh, however, he kind of uh, came came in quickly after the Copa America, uh, but then was dismissed quickly even by Tavares. So not on the bench for the last 12 games. And uh, we may see him in the future, but he is 26 years old. Uh, just one cap in 2021 for him and plays for Leon in Mexico. Uh, finally, Brian Lozano uh, last appeared for the team in November 2019. However, he was called up for a preliminary game in October 2021, but didn't make the bench. So always struggling there with Uruguay. He had eight caps between 2015 and 19. Uh, Brian Lozano is 28 years old now and uh, plays for Peneral in Uruguay, but was also uh, with Club America in Mexico from 2016 to 18. Um, uh let me see uh no he has not made any tournaments the closest he came was being selected for the preliminary squad in the 2016 uh copa america so brian lozano um kind of well off the squad uh okay let's summarize uh, with uh the position then of left winger and as mentioned, left and right wing is only used in the four or five man midfield. And that is uh, about half of the time. Now, this is quite complex, so I tried to simplify it. Uh, in short, it's been played by a variety of players, but uh, mostly that was by Nicolas de la Cruz under Oscar Tavares. So basically for the first half of the uh, period we're looking at. And then after Tavares and under Diego Alonso, it's really been played by a bunch of out of position uh, players. And I won't go through the names because it's uh, a bit confusing, but um, uh, several of the players we've mentioned so far, and then one of the attacking midfielders that we will mention. Uh, so really the pos uh, position is really uh, in flux there. Uh, let's move over to the right wing where we don't have as many candidates. And we have uh, Facundo Palestri as a um, likely candidate. And we have Augustin Canobio as a possible candidate. And Gaston Pereiro as a possible but unlikely candidate. All right. Well, uh, right wingers. Uh, Facundo Palestri uh, got his first cap in January 22. 2022 and started five of the seven remaining games uh, subbing in for one and not selected for one so he seems to be a favorite of new manager Diego uh, Alonso and uh, Palestri got his first cap in 2022 so he has uh, six caps now and is 21 years old so uh, part of the uh, refresh or rejuvenation of the squad I would say um, 
He uh, is on the roster of Manchester United in England since 2020, although he hasn't played any games for them, and in fact was loaned out to Alaves in Spain for 2021-22. But he's only 21 years old, so uh, some chance of playing uh, for Manchester United there. And he came from Penarol. Uh, in Uruguay, which was his first club and his uh, last youth club. Played for a couple of other youth clubs too. Uh, Augustin, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Facundo Pellistri, of course, has no uh, tournament experience, uh, having earned his first cap in 2022. Okay, Augustin Kenobi uh, got his first cap in January 2022 also, uh, but he didn't start any of their remaining seven games. Uh, though he was subbed in for two and on the bench for one. And he was actually injured for two games with a facial fracture. That sounds rather painful. And uh, not selected for two others. So Augustin Kenobi then, uh, two caps since his first one in 2022. And he is 24 years old. So Augustin Canobio plays for Atletico Paranense in Brazil. That's a recent move in 2022, uh, having been with Penarol, actually his second stint with Penarol in Uruguay uh, prior to that. Uh, so again, no tournament experience for him, but uh, making his way into the squad uh, like uh, Palistri, both of them young players. Gaston Pereiro. Uh, returned after a 10-month absence in September 2021, uh, but didn't start any of their remaining 15 games. Uh, but he was subbed in for three and on the bench for five. Uh, so that was looking good. Uh, however, he missed the. He, he wasn't selected for the last seven managers. So another player kind of cast aside by new manager Diego Alonso. So now we have him as possible, but unlikely having not been selected for the last seven matches. Uh, Gaston Pereiro uh, was with Uruguay or has been with Uruguay since 2017. Ten caps and a respectable four goals there uh, for the 27-year-old. And he plays for Cagliari in Italy. I think we've seen one or two players uh, with that team before. Prior to that, he was with PSV Eindhoven, uh, a big club in the Netherlands from 2015 to 20. He moved over from uh, Nacional in Uruguay, which was his first club and his youth club as well. So Gaston Pereiro, uh, uh, despite uh, getting his first cap in 2017, was not selected for the uh, 2018 World Cup, uh, but was for the 2019 Copa America, where he uh, just appeared in game one as a substitute there, and then he wasn't selected for the 2021 uh, Copa America. So a real struggle to get on to the team, uh, Gaston Pereiro. However, uh, the one goal he got in qualifying was a late winning goal at home to Ecuador, but it doesn't seem to have um, helped his course, at least with the new manager, uh, and he seems unlikely to reach the cup here. So let's summarize the position of right winger. And um, we have Valverde playing right wing, the only time that they use the formation in the cup. Uh, in uh, the World Cup qualifying, um, uh, Dela Cruz there, who, who really is a left winger uh, during this period, played it once, and then Bentecourt once, and then Nandez twice. Uh, those are the four times the position was used under 
Tavares. So like left uh, winger, uh, kind of a variety of players playing it. However, when new manager Diego Alonso came in, uh, Police Street was immediately given the spot and uh, kept it whenever they used the four nation formation, uh, all except one time. Uh, in that experimental friendly against the USA, uh, right defender Varela uh, played the role. But it seems fairly uh, firmly in Pellistri's hand, and uh, we'll see if that remains the case in the September friendlies that are upcoming. And uh, that completes the midfield. So we move on to forwards, and we include actually attacking midfielders as part of the forwards uh, discussion. And so let's begin with attacking midfielders. And here we have uh, Georgian Di Araceta um, as a uh, likely candidate. And um, we also have uh, Nicolas De La Cruz uh, coded as, a, as an attacking midfielder, but we moved him to left winger and discussed him uh, just before. Uh, so we only have uh, Di Arasqueta as uh, the uh, only candidate here. So um, uh, he started seven of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, and he was subbed in for one and on the bench for one, uh, injured for four, actually, and not selected for two others, um, uh, in addition to being a central attacking midfielder, he played twice as a right forward uh, when there was no central attacking position uh, in the formation. So uh, Georgian Di Araceta was uh, with Uruguay since 2014, and he has 40 caps and eight goals and is 28 years old. And he plays for uh, Flamengo in Brazil and was with uh, Cruzeiro in Brazil, two, two of Brazil's biggest clubs there, uh, moving over from Defensor in Uruguay in 2015. Defensor was his first club and his uh, youth club as well. So uh, Georgian Di Arasqueta was uh, um, on the squad in the 2015 Copa America. He only appeared uh, as a substitute in game one there. And then he wasn't selected for the 2016 Copa America Centenario. He was on the preliminary squad, but didn't make the final cut there. In the 2018 World Cup, he was a starter in game one, but he was subbed out at 59 minutes and lost his starting position, uh, appearing only as a substitute in game three after that. And uh, for the 2019 uh, Copa America, he was uh, a substitute also, but gained a starting position for games three and four. Uh, there and in uh, he didn't score any goals in the 2019 Copa America, but in 2021 uh, he started on the bench for game one, but gained a starting position for the remaining four games, and um, uh, no, I don't think he scored any goals there, there either. Uh, his finishing wasn't actually very good in the 2021 Copa America. And he tended to be uh, effective mostly in the first 10 minutes of games and then dropped off. Uh, so, Georgian Di Arasqueta, uh, a likely candidate. And I'll just summarize the position of um, the attacking midfielder. And uh, for some teams, I've separated it into left, right, and central attacking midfielder. 
but not much need for that in uh, in Uruguay's case because the uh, left attacking and right attacking positions are not used so much. So uh, they can be combined either with the uh, uh, attacking midfield position here or more often the left forward and right forward in uh, something like a 4-3-3 formation, a three-man front line. Uh, and in fact, they don't use attacking midfielder that much too. If you imagine something like a 4-4-2 uh, formation or a... Um, uh, a 4-1-4-1 formation. I put it up on the graphic here. Um, uh, the attacking midfielder was not used uh, by Tabarez. Was, uh, it was used in the cup in actually four of the five games, but only in two games uh, after that uh, in World Cup qualifying. And when Alonso came in, it was only used uh, once there in the last game of World Cup qualifying. Uh, otherwise, it, it's kind of more central midfielders uh, backing up the forwards, so um, uh, there. Uh, so, but in terms of central attacking midfielders, uh, those four times it was used in the cup was D. Arasquiata. Uh, every time uh, he was joined by left winger De La Cruz in the one game where it was a two-man attacking midfield, uh, and then it was only used a couple of times in World Cup qualifying under Tabarez. Uh, Di Arasqueta was uh, in the position when it was used. Um, and then only once under Alonso and uh, under new manager Diego Alonso. And in that case, it was right midfielder Valverde who uh, played the role. Okay, so let us move on. We actually do have one secondary striker at the, uh, seems to be off the squad level. So we'll just make quick mention of him. Uh, it's David Terrence. So David Terrence started none of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, but he was subbed in for the first two and on the bench for one other, uh, though he wasn't selected for any of the last 12 matches. So made some inroads immediately after the Copa America there, but um, hasn't been selected for a long time. So David Terrence has two caps since 2021. He's 28 years old and plays for Atletico Paranense. Uh, in Brazil. Let's move on to the uh, forwards then. And uh, these will be uh, some of their most famous players. So we have uh, Luis Suarez as a definite candidate. Um, and uh, Darwin Nunes, also a definite candidate. And Edinson Cavani, uh, also uh, not as definite actually, but as a likely candidate. We'll say why soon. And uh, Maxi Gomez as a possible candidate. We have uh, Agustin Alvarez as a possible but unlikely candidate. And actually, we have uh, two more possible but unlikelies in Jonathan Rodriguez and Nicolas Lopez. So those are the candidates we're going to look at in the forward position, starting with the uh, uh, famous Luis Suarez. So uh, Luis Suarez uh, has started eight of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America. He was subbed in for one and injured for the first three, actually, after the Copa America, uh, and not selected for the last three matches, um, interestingly. Nevertheless, we have him as a definite candidate just because he's Luis uh, Suarez, and it would be hard to imagine them 
not using him, even though he is aging. Uh, Luis Suarez has been with Uruguay since 2007, and he has 118 caps and an impressive 63 goals in that time. Uh, he is now um, 35 years old, so uh, getting up there in age, and has recently moved back to Nacional in Uruguay. That was his first club and his youth club way back in uh, 2005 and six, in his first year as a senior player. Uh, and now he is back with them since 2022. Uh, he was with Atletico Madrid from 2020 to 2022 and uh, with Barcelona from 2014 to 20 and Liverpool uh, in England from 2011 to 2014. Sorry, I had to cough there. Uh, and his uh, first club in, in Europe, no, it wasn't his first club. He was with Ajax in the Netherlands and Groningen uh, in the Netherlands before Liverpool. So um, a very famous player. Um, uh, most famously, he uh, um, received a nine-match ban for biting an opponent, uh, biting an Italian defender, sinking his teeth into the back of um, uh, an Italian defender in the 2014 uh world cup and um uh also uh for handling on the line against ghana in 2010 uh in a 2010 world cup uh quarterfinal i believe it was um and he kind of came out ahead in that he got a red card but ghana missed the penalty and uruguay won the game so um a famous player he single-handedly destroyed england in uh, a 2014 World Cup group stage game and um, uh, was uh, again banned during that tournament later um, for the biting incident, not his first biting incident. So those are his kind of most memorable moments in terms of uh, tournaments. The 2010 World Cup was his first tournament and he's been a starter uh, in all of their tournaments. Um, except for the 2015 Copa America, where he was still under that ban for the uh, for the actions in the in the 2014 World Cup, um, but again, otherwise always a starter, um, uh, including the 2018 World Cup, the 2019 uh, Copa America, and uh, the 2021 Copa America. So yes, I won't drone on, uh, although I could about his many accomplishments. And uh, he scored eight of their 22 goals in qualifying. So even at his age, uh, he is uh, their top scorer and uh, still a very important forward for them. So a bit concerning there that he missed the last three matches and uh, hasn't been as much a starter as he used to be, uh, Luis Suarez. Um, Darwin Nunez is... Um, um, also a definite candidate. Uh, he actually returned from an 11-month absence, uh, during most of which he was injured. Uh, he returned in October 2021 and started three of their remaining 12 games, as well as subbing in for four. And he was also on the bench for two and uh, out with two separate injuries for three uh, games, including the last match there in June 2022. However, uh, he has been uh, playing for his new club in Liverpool uh, since August. So over that injury that kept him out of a match in June 2022. So uh, Darwin Nunez has been with uh, Uruguay since 2019. Um, 
with 13 caps and three goals, and he's 23 years old. And uh, a recent move to Liverpool in England in 2022, um, followed his playing for Benfica in Portugal from 2020 to 2022, and was with Almeria in Spain, having moved over from Peneral in Uruguay in 2019. Um, Peneral, his first club and his last youth club. So actually um, has become a big name uh, really for Uruguay since moving to Liverpool especially. Uh, but he only scored one of their 22, 22 goals in qualifying. And as we saw, uh, kind of hasn't really made big inroads into the squad with just three starts. Um after an 11-month absence, and that absence kept him out of the uh, 2021 Copa America. He wasn't selected uh, for that. So uh, effectively a new presence for um, Darwin Nunes, but understandably kind of kept out of consideration by the fame of Luis Suarez and Edinson Cavani, who we'll turn our attention to next. So Edinson Cavani... Um, started only four of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America. He was subbed in for six games, though, and uh, himself out with two separate injuries for three games, as well as not being selected for two. Uh, he also has a very long history with the club since 2008, sorry, with the uh, national team since 2008, 133 caps and uh, 58 goals, um, not quite as higher percentage as Luis Suarez, but both of them uh, uh, very good scoring records. Edinson Cavani is 35 years old um, also, I guess that's the same as Luis Suarez, and um, he plays for Valencia in Spain right now. He did a, a stint with Manchester United in England from 2020 to 2022, and uh, most famously with Paris Saint-Germain in France from 2013 to, to 20, having moved from uh, Napoli in Italy uh, at, the, at that time. He, he um, moved over from Uruguay in 2007, initially playing with Palermo, in Italy. So his first tournament, like Luis Suarez, was the 2010 World Cup. And um, uh, he has never missed a tournament. Um, so all through the uh, all through the time he's been a starter uh, for the team. And um, I'm just looking to see if there's anything I must mention. But, you know, uh, a really big scorer for their squ uh, squad. He scored 10 of their 32 goals in qualifying for the 2018 uh, World Cup and, uh, you know, has always been uh, front and centre there uh, for Uruguay. In the 2021 Copa America, he was a starter and scored two of their four goals um, despite kind of being off in his finishing uh, for that cup. So like Luis Suarez, kind of um, waning in, in, in uh, you know, uh, now that he's getting old, he only scored two of their 22 goals in qualifying, and he also received a red card uh, in qualifying there. So really, it seemed kind of like Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani on the way out and Darwin Nunes on the way in. Uh, but Suarez and Cavani are kind of in decline uh, in terms of their scoring uh, and in terms of their uh, starts. And uh, Darwin Nunez uh, kind of posed to step in for them. The real big question is whether they will be 
you know, the stars that they have been uh, in this cup, whether they kind of have one more cup in them, if you will. So Edinson Cavani, only a likely candidate here. Uh, we also have Maxi Gomez. So Maxi Gomez is a possible candidate. He started two of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, uh, as well as subbing in for five. Uh, he was on the bench for one and injured for two. So uh, Maxi Gomez, five games that he wasn't called up for. Uh, Maxi Gomez has been with Uruguay since 2017 and has 27 caps and four goals and is 26 years old and plays for Trabzonspor in Turkey. Uh, that's a recent move in 2022 from Valencia in Spain, where he played from 2019 to 2022 and was with Celta de Vigo uh, before that in Spain, moving over from a uh, defensor in Uruguay in 2017. That was also his youth club. So Maxi Gomez was part of the squad for the 2018 World Cup. Uh, he was a substitute in that tournament and uh, didn't score any goals there. In the 2019 Copa America, he was on the bench but saw no uh, action Um. Nicolas Lodero there uh, kind of started ahead of him. Uh, for the 2021 Copa America 2, he was uh, uh, on the bench and only appeared briefly in game three. So um, he committed one of the misses of the tournament in his, uh, in his short time on the field uh, during that tournament. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, trouble getting into the squad. Maybe this is his chance, but uh, he hasn't really been selected that much. Uh, so is only a, a possible candidate here. Agustin Alvarez is a possible but unlikely candidate. He got his first appearance on the bench in uh, September 2021 and started three of their remaining 15 games, subbed in for one and uh, was on the bench for three. Uh, but not selected uh, for the last four matches uh, there. So uh, kind of on the edge all the time and then recently uh, not selected for the uh, June matches. So uh, Augustin Alvarez, four caps and one goal since 2021, but only 21 years old. So uh, time for him in the future uh, if he's not selected for this tournament. And given that there are... Um, just three forwards ahead of him. Uh, maybe we should bump him up to portable, uh, but it's just missing those June games that uh, um, make me a bit doubtful about his chances. Uh, Agustin Alvarez plays for Sassuolo in Italy since 2022, and he had moved over from Penarol in uh, Uruguay, which was his first club and youth club. Uh, Jonathan Rodriguez is also possible, but unlikely. He didn't start any of their 15 games since the 2021 Copa America, but he was subbed in for two and on the bench for three others. Uh, but he also missed the last seven matches. So um, another player uh, kind of um, discarded, it seems, by the new manager. Jonathan Rodriguez uh, has been with Uruguay since 2014. Uh, he's 29 years old and has 29 caps and three goals. Not that great for a forward. Uh, and he plays for Club America in Mexico since 2022. He was in Saudi Arabia very briefly in 2022 and uh, otherwise had been with, America, uh, with Mexican clubs, Cruz Azul and Santos Laguna. Uh, but he did play for Benfica in Portugal uh, in 2015 and 16. 
Jonathan Rodriguez's first tournament was in the 2015 Copa America, but he only appeared briefly uh, in game four as a substitute there and then wasn't selected for the 2016 Copa Centenario or the uh, the World Cup there in 2018. He was selected for the 2019 and 2021 Copa Americas, but was only on the bench, kind of uh, brief appearances as a substitute in both tournaments there. And um, yes, uh, didn't get any goals uh, in any of those tournaments. Uh, he didn't get a lot of field time either, if truth be told. So Jonathan Rodriguez, uh, been with the team for a long time, but uh, not selected recently and never really uh, made his way uh, beyond brief appearances as a substitute. Nicolas Lopez is the last candidate. We also consider him possible but unlikely. And he got his first appearance on the bench in January 2022. Uh, didn't start any of the remaining seven games there, but was on the bench for two. Uh, and he was also injured for the last three. So I'll just uh, uh, um, briefly speak about that. He was injured uh, for those June games, but back in action with his club team uh, by July. So it uh, looks like that injury is not an issue. Uh, he doesn't have any caps for uh, Uruguay and is 29 years old. So um, has had a lot of difficulty uh, getting into the squad. And his club team is uh, Tigres in Mexico since 2020. And he played for Internacional in Brazil from 2016 to 19 and Udinese in Italy from 2013 to 16. So pretty good club affiliations there for Nicolas Lopez, but it doesn't seem to have helped his cause uh, with the Uruguay national team as he has no caps for them at 28 years old. So those are the candidates before us on the forward line. Kind of very interesting situation. And as we saw at the top of the podcast, uh, the formation could be one or two or three forwards, uh, depending on which formation they use. It was uh, Suarez and Cavani in the cup. Um, and when it was a single forward, it was uh, Cavani. I think uh, Suarez missed one of the games in the cup there. But a lot of change after that. Uh, and it actually became quite complicated, but a lot of change after the uh, cup with Cavani used only once and a variety of players given starts. Uh, Agustin Alvarez seemed to be making some inroads there uh, before they eventually returned to Suarez as the forward. But under Alonso, uh, uh, more changes came under new manager Diego Alonso. So uh, Nunez came in for a couple of games and Cavani returned for some games and uh, Suarez's starts uh, were dropping off. Uh, anyway, overall, it was mostly those three, Cavani, Suarez and Nunez, uh, with Maxi Gomez earning his second start uh, in one of the friendlies. So he got a couple of starts. So very unclear up front. And you can kind of understand why. Uh, of course, they would be tempted to use Suarez and Cavani. But if their form is dropping off, do they continue with them or do they go with the new uh, forwards coming in? That's one of the things we'll uh, talk about when we consider some team notes. And we actually are moving on to that section of the podcast because we've completed the player-by-player -player review. Uh, for the forwards. And so let's move on to the last section of the podcast, which is some 
uh, uh, kind of notes, some discussion of the squad, is what we start with. No, we start with my shirt. Okay, I'll admit I had a bit of trouble finding a shirt for this one. The only uh, shirt I have with the sky blue in it is uh, Argentina, and I'm sure I would get angry comments from listeners if I presented uh, Uruguay with Argentina's shirt on. So I went for the neutral white. Uh, uh, I'm going to claim... Um, that this is a replica of uh, Uruguay's away shirt in the 1936 Copa America. Well, okay, I'm just making that up. I have no idea. Uh, the truth is I don't have anything that was suitable for Argentina, so I just went with white, uh, hoping that uh, people would buy it as an away uniform in a distant cup. Uh, sorry, Uruguay, I will work on that. Okay, let's look at some notes. We'll kind of return to the notes we started with above. And uh, we did note that uh, um, uh, Uruguay punches well above their weight, uh, a country of just 3.5 million people, uh, which is very small. And yet they have uh, two World Cups under their belt. They've done well in World Cups and um, uh, are among uh, are, are tied with Argentina for the most regional cups, the most Copa Americas. We won't uh, go through all that detail again. Uh, we also noticed uh, noted that uh, Uruguay's success kind of undulates um, uh, many times, coming back to uh, 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 good good finishes in World Cup and in regional cup play, uh, but also suffering some troughs. Uh, so uh, undulating Uruguay is how I've titled that. But we'll focus more now here on the uh, more player-related issues. And the one that I've mentioned several times throughout the Player-by-Player Player podcast is aging stars. So, uh, you know, Edinson Cavani, Luis Suarez, uh, defender Godin, goalkeeper Muslera, Martin Caceres, uh, all of these players have been big players for Uruguay, but all of them well into their 30s now. And a bit of a, a bit of a question as to whether the the new manager should use them or kind of seek out uh, younger players. And they have done a good job bringing in younger players, uh, but no one of the status of, of these players. So uh, hopefully uh, Uruguay will hope they have one more uh, cup in terms of good performances for them, but a bit worrying as their performance and club affiliations have kind of uh, dropped off as they reach their mid-30s. So this is a, a passing generation for Uruguay and perhaps best represented by uh, the longtime manager Oscar Tabarez having been replaced in uh, 2021. And so... Um, as I said before, uh, he was the uh, guiding them through qualification here, but a loss to Bolivia after eight games saw them in seventh place. Uh, so that was alarming. So uh, they let him go and replaced him with um, Alonso, uh, Diego Alonso, um, who we met in the player by player. I won't give the details on him, but... Um, he, I don't think I did mention this before, he won the last three games, so he led them to victory in the last three games and a, and a third-place finish 
uh, automatic qualification in that group. So a really good start for Diego Alonso. Uh, we kept a close eye on the changes that he made as we went through the player-by-player -player analysis. Uh, in the full version of the podcast. And he's done quite well at injecting some uh, youth into the squad, something they're definitely going to need after this tournament. Uh, but he still seems quite reliant on the veterans. Um, again, Luis Suarez, still their highest scorer in qualifying. And uh, uh, Darwin Nunez actually not used that much. Uh, I'm sure he'll come to, to greater prominence, especially if uh, Cavani and uh, Suarez retire after this. But he has done well uh, bringing some youth into the club, but uh, not really using them ahead of the veterans because the veterans still have some good play left in them. So a bit of a, a, a quandary for the manager as to which way to go with that. Let's talk about club affiliations for Uruguay. And... Um, uh, we saw that some of the biggest players have have moved back. So um, Luis Suarez now back with Nacional in uh, Uruguay, but he did play for um, uh, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid and Liverpool. So some bigger uh, club affiliations. Ronald Araujo plays for Barcelona in Mexico, and Jose Jimenez is still with Atletico Madrid. Uh, Diego Godin. Um, uh, his partner at Atletico Madrid has now moved on. I'm just trying to figure out where. Yeah, he's playing in Argentina now. Uh, Federico Valverde with Rio Madrid, so a lot of these Spanish clubs. Um, and we also have a couple of uh, players with uh, fairly big Turkish clubs, so Galatasaray. I think um, uh, Muslera is still with Galatasaray, and Lucas Torreira has recently moved there from Arsenal in England. Uh, really, just one player from Uruguay. Uh, no, we have a couple in England too, sorry. Rodrigo Bentecur with Tottenham. Um, Pelistri uh, with Manchester United, but hasn't really uh, been used um, as a starter for Manchester United, uh, just kind of uh, with them. Um, in training, as it were, and Darwin Nunes uh, with Liverpool making uh, a splash there, and uh, a couple of big clubs in uh, Brazil too, Flamengo, and uh, um, oh, two players with Flamengo, and I know during the player-by-player -player podcast I mentioned a few uh, Brazilian clubs, so uh, fairly good pedigree for um Uruguay, but that's only about half the players. Uh, the other half of the players play for smaller teams, uh, you know, maybe LA Galaxy uh, in USA and uh, uh, teams like Atafe in, in Spain um, and Cagliari in, in Italy. So um, I would say about maybe two-thirds of the players playing with, uh, with uh, the biggest clubs there so uruguay again doing very well as a small country uh, let's move on to age and experience or or some statistics too uh, so i've been running these statistics uh i'm going to try to improve them over time but uh so far uh kind of interesting so we look at the total number of players on the slate for uruguay and it is 54 but i must admit we've included some players who were kind of called up to preliminary squads but didn't even make the bench. So 54 is uh, a large number of players on the on the plate. 
49 is the average, but I would say overall Uruguay is about average. So still uh, have a fairly good pool of players to draw from. Um, uh, even after some of their veterans retire, which will probably be after the World Cup, uh, they always seem to find, or they usually seem to find, uh, good talent despite the uh, small size of the country. Total players under consideration is uh, 32, so that's definite, likely, and possible players. So again, uh, uh, a good um, number of uh, players to draw from there and total players in definite or likely categories 24 so i would say the team is mostly decided they have a few decisions to make we can roughly say that they have to fill two positions from uh from the uh 32 players so 32 minus 24 uh two positions from those eight players um although there will probably be a couple of injuries and a couple of players in good form which make it into the final picture. So, um, uh, yeah, not much of a selection problem for Uruguay. In terms of the demographics of the team, the average age is 27.6. So that uh, is on the old side, although we do find a lot of teams in this World Cup are around 27. So uh, they're not really among the oldest teams. We have uh, Belgium at 28.5, Japan at 28.1. And I think they would be uh, third here, um, although South Korea and uh, Brazil are also at 27.6. But uh, yeah, a fairly mature squad. Uh, that's going to go down a lot after the World Cup when some of their uh, oldest players retire. And I will tell you uh, uh, how many there are. So we have um, five players and five of their biggest players too at 35 or older. So that's uh, Cavani, Suarez, Cáceres, Godin, and Muslera, all 35 or 36 years old. And then we have uh, eight players who are 30 or older. Uh, and then we have five players who are 23 or younger. Yeah, so we're going to see uh, probably, I wouldn't be surprised if all five of those uh, players who are 35 or older retiring after the cup, which will bring down their average age. But as we've said, uh, it looks like they have been doing fairly well bringing youth into the squad. Well, that age gives them uh, a great maturity um, in terms of experience. And we know that Uruguay's players have been very steady. So not a lot of players coming in and out. So those players, um, uh, have been playing a lot of their games. So the average cap is 43.5. And I do think that may be the um, most experienced team in terms of caps. The average is 30.2. So they are far above average. And the only ones close to them is Portugal at 40.2. Uh, they have an average of 43.5 caps per player. So uh, by far the most uh, experienced team in terms of national caps in the World Cup here. In terms of goals, they have a total of 172 goals among the players here. That stat doesn't mean that much in itself. Um, but uh, we've been uh, 172 goals. Uh, we've kind of uh, reduced this to the uh, total number of goals per cap. 
and comparing teams on that basis. And uh, they are at 14.1%. The average is 13.1%. So uh, they uh, tend to score more than other teams. But uh, if we analyze that a bit more closely, we see that uh, their scorers are actually quite limited. So we have um, Luis Suarez and Cavani with, with tremendous uh, scoring ratios. Luis Suarez at 51.5% and Edinson Cavani at 30, sorry, 43.6%. But there's a really steep drop off after that. And uh, the next uh, closest one uh, is the, is, um, I won't count Diego Rossi. He has one goal in three games, but uh, we're going to limit this to, to players who have played more than 20 games. Uh, Giorgio uh, Di Arasqueta at 21%. So um, that is 20% below Cavani. And then uh, nobody else is above 20%. So even uh, Darwin Nunez, um, he has two goals in 11 games for uh, for them. So hasn't really established himself. Uh, Maxi Gomez, the other forward at 15%. So it just really does show how reliant they are on Suarez and Cavani. And you can understand why the manager would be very reluctant to uh, suddenly go with different forwards, uh, given that no one has emerged as even close uh, to the scorers that Suarez and Cavani are. So very interesting to see what will happen in the cup. Uh, we'll go over some of the issues here. So uh, in defense, uh, on the goalkeeper front, we have uh, Roche over Muslera. So long-time starter Muslera seems to be uh, now a backup keeper behind Sergio Roche, uh, the new manager seemingly installing Roche as the starter, although Muslera did come back for one game suggesting that he is the uh, second-string backup keeper. Uh, in terms of formation, we have a four-man defense, so they did flirt a little bit with a three-man defense in a friendly, and I think a five-man defense in one of the World Cup qualifying games, but um, uh, it seems like a four-man defense is, is uh, what both managers have preferred. Uh, in terms of the central defenders in that, uh, we have the uh, long-time pairing of Godin and uh, Jimenez, even they're a pairing, they were a pairing at Atletico Madrid for a long time, so very familiar with playing to each other, kind of like Suarez and uh, Cavani up front. It seems like it would be dangerous to uh, switch over at this point to a new pairing, although um, Araujo and uh, Coates did uh, start in the last friendly. I think that was kind of experimental, maybe uh, giving some field time to the uh, backup players there. But um, uh, the new manager seemingly going with uh, Godin and Jimenez. But uh, it was uh, a little bit of doubt was thrown in with the manager using different players uh, in the cup. And again, uh, the last game with Coates and Araujo, it may be, uh, it may be a, a reflected image of the future after the World Cup. Uh, but if they're thinking of changing it uh, from Godin and Jimenez, it seems a bit late in the process to make such a bold move. Um, as far as left defender goes, we have uh, Matthias Wiener, 
uh, kind of holding the position for a long time, but recently uh, a bit of um, change and Oliveira seems to have emerged as a starting left defender, uh, although Vina did come back. So um, it could be that he's the backup, but it doesn't seem like Vina will be the starter uh, under the new manager. Uh, the right back, though, is far more undecided. Uh, and in fact, the manager used central defender Araujo in the four remaining World Cup games, which seems to have worked since they uh, won those games. But uh, in the friendlies, the three friendlies, it was a different player in each. So uh, a bit uncertain as to what they'll do there. In the midfield, we have a wide variety of formations. So uh, that seems uh, pretty undecided. However, the players populating that midfield uh, seem to be the same five players. Um, so uh, uh, even though the formations change quite a bit, the central midfield uh, is a steady group of players, uh, even though they do kind of uh, shift around among themselves. Uh, the left wing is unclear under new manager Alonso. Uh, we've had mostly Dela Cruz under Tavares, but a wide variety of players, many of them playing out of position under Alonso. So it seems a kind of an undecided position uh, there. Um, and finally, uh, uh, Palestri on the right side uh, seems to be a clear decision by the new manager. It was unsettled under Tabarez, but Alonso has been fairly consistent in using Palestri as uh, the right winger. And uh, I believe, or I'm certain actually, that he played as a left forward, sorry, as a right forward one time when they had a three forward, uh, three man forward line. Uh, um, Perhaps the biggest concern is uh, what to do with the attack. So I've mentioned it. Uh, in terms of formation, they've uh, uh, toyed with one, two, or three uh, man forward lines. And um, that's changed recently. I think they used uh, uh, one of each in the three friendlies. But uh, more concerningly, the players have changed recently. So Suarez and Cavani didn't play as much. Uh, as many games during this period and um, at times kind of seem to be off the team uh, for a short time. So uh, does the manager go with uh, those veterans who are definitely aging and not in the form that they used to be? Or do they uh, bring in new players? Uh, at this point, Darwin Nunez is, uh, is, is a consideration, but uh, I think it would be kind of unwise to change because uh, Nunez and the other forwards uh, don't score, uh, you know, don't have anything near the records of Suarez and Cavani. Um, and so kind of seems to be uh, struggling with what to do. And uh, the, the last point is similar. Really, one of the key issues of the World Cup for uh, Uruguay is do Cavani and Suarez still have it? Uh, we'll have to find out in the Cup. Again, both of them suffer periods of non-starts. We have Alvarez, Nunes, and Maxi Gomez uh, all coming in as starters, uh, but none of them really uh, matching the records of uh, Cavani and Suarez. So, uh, but then Suarez and Cavani not as reliable as they used to be. So I think I'm getting a bit repetitive there. I apologize, but um, uh, yeah, for me, that's really one of the issues of the, the cup. 
Uh, okay, let's take a look at new players. And so obviously we have Diego Alonso, the manager, who came in in um, November, uh, December he, he came in, uh, replacing 15-year uh, manager Oscar Tavares. But uh, credit to him, he's done quite well, um, both in rejuvenating the squad and in ensuring their qualification for this cup. So props to him. Uh, Matthias Oliveira, is a left defender. Uh, he's new to the squad, 25 years old, but hasn't been in a tournament before. And he plays for Napoli in Italy. And we have uh, Damien Suarez, um, uh, a right defender. He actually is uh, 36 years old, 34 years old. Uh, but an interesting story in that he came back to the team after a 12-year absence and uh, even kind of inserted himself in the team to the point of becoming a likely candidate. Uh, so new in the sense that he hasn't uh, participated in a tournament before, but uh, 34 years old, so not youthful. Uh, Manuel Ugarte. Uh, he recently, or in 2021, made a move to Sporting Lisbon in Portugal, kind of upping his uh, club affiliation pedigree. And uh, just 21 years old there uh, and a defensive midfielder. So uh, looks like he could make his way into the squad, although that central midfield has a lot of good players. Uh, so not easy to break into. I'm just going to put one player who is at the portable level, and that's uh, left winger Diego Rossi. So um, he has four caps since 2022 and is 24 years old. Uh, and he recently moved to Fenerbahce in Turkey. That was, uh, you know, a step up from Los Angeles FC in USA. So perhaps that will uh, raise his... Um, uh, raise his uh, profile with the club. Um, Facundo Palestri, as we as we saw, uh, seems to be a favorite favorite of Diego Alonso, and uh, has been installed as a right winger, or perhaps even a right forward. Uh, he's with Manchester United in England, but if he has played any games with them, it's very few. Uh, that is good pedigree. Uh, though, and a 21-year-old has a bright future ahead of him, perhaps even in this cup. And finally, we have a definite candidate, Darwin Nunez. Um, he hasn't played as much for Uruguay as uh, some might think, just 13 caps since 2019, and he hasn't scored uh, the way they hope he would, just three goals in those 13 caps. He's 23 years old. Uh, his recent move um, to Liverpool, uh, in 2022 from Benfica in Portugal, both of those big clubs, and um, uh, has given him a big, bigger profile. Um, he wasn't uh, part of the 2021 Copa America, so it kind of does show how new to Uruguay he really is or how his uh, his uh, profile has, has uh, suddenly been raised, but it hasn't really shown in his Uruguay uh, stuff yet. Uh, okay, um, we move on to injuries, and uh, uh, actually Uruguay are looking quite good. We did have a couple of injury scares uh, kind of in June, and uh, I'll start with uh, kind of going order of importance of the injury. Uh, we had Nicolas uh, Lopez. He's only a possible but unlikely candidate, but he was injured for two, uh, uh, sorry, he was injured for the June games 
but uh, back in action with this club uh, by July. So um, um, not a concern there. We also had uh, central defender Sebastian Coate. So he is a likely candidate. Um, he was out with um, uh, for, he was out two separate times with a knee injury uh, during the uh, period from from the um, 2021 Copa America to June uh, of this year, 2022. Uh, but he seems to have recovered uh, from that and has been playing with this club. And then uh, worryingly, Darwin Nunes was out for the uh, last match in June 2022. Uh, out with just a knock, actually, and he was playing for his club in August, so it uh, doesn't seem to be a concern there. And finally, uh, Rodrigo Bentacur, a very similar situation. Um, he was out with a back problem, so a bit more of a, a concern in terms of the um, type of injury. Uh, out with the back problem for the June games, but back with his new club uh, in August, both Bentacur and uh, Nunez joining English clubs there and uh, back in action in August. So, uh, so far, so good for um, Uruguay, but we'll update uh, any injuries uh, that come uh, in the update podcast. So, so those will be uh, injuries closer to the cup. Uh, notable absences? Well, Oscar Tabarez, the 15-year manager, uh, notably absent. We talked about uh, him above, so won't repeat it here, but a big um, change for them. Uh, Martin Campagna is one of two goalkeepers who, uh, you know, um, steady backup keepers for the Uruguay national team through several um, tournaments, uh, but never actually saw any action. So uh, Martin Campagna was a backup keeper from the 2016 Copa Centenario uh, in the 2018 World Cup and 2019 and 2021 Copa Americas. Uh, couldn't get past Fernando Muslera, um, who was a starting keeper, so didn't see any action in those tournaments, but now out of the picture. And similarly, Martin Silva um, uh, in the same boat. So he was uh, with the team way back for the 2010 World Cup and called up for every tournament since then, uh, except for the 2021 Copa America. So... Um, the 2019 Copa America, his last tournament. I think he got in one game in the 2013 Confederations Cup. Otherwise, was just on the bench the whole time. But uh, a steady backup keeper now, long no longer um, on the team. Nicholas Lodera played uh, with Uruguay from 2009 to 2019. Uh, earned 60 caps and five goals in that time. And uh, never really kind of made it onto the team as a starter. And um, he missed the 2018 World Cup there, didn't make the final cut. But he was on the Copa America 2019 team. Uh, anyway, uh, 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 kind of a familiar name um, for Uruguay fans. And Americans will know him as uh, being with the Seattle Sounders for uh, since 2016, but um, hasn't been selected for the uh, uh, national team since 2000. Uh, Christian Stuani, with the team from 2012 to 2019, uh, 50 caps and eight goals. 
uh, still playing club soccer, but last played in the 2019 Copa America. And again, struggled to uh, uh, get into the squad as a starter, so mostly as a substitute. But in uh, many tournaments from the World Cup 2014 to the 2019 Copa America, Christian Rodriguez, Uruguay is losing their Christians. Uh, he was with the team from 2003 to 2018, 110 caps and 11 goals. Uh, 37 years old now, still playing club soccer um, in Uruguay. And uh, with the team since the 2004 Copa America, uh, believe it or not, all the way to the 2018 World Cup. But that was his last tournament. Uh, Maxi Pereira also, um, the World Cup was his last tournament. Uh, he was with the team from 2005 to 18, 125 caps, still playing club soccer also in Uruguay. And um, uh, he was kind of a starter in his early years, the 2010 World Cup and the 2011 Copa America, more of a substitute uh, after that. Uh, uh, perhaps not. Um started some games in the 2014 world cup was a substitute by the 2018 world cup anyway and uh, a fearsome uh, defensive player uh, maxi pereira so uh, yeah a lot of those players were gone actually after the 2018 world cup and um, uh, we're gonna have uh, a notable absences section uh, at the next copa america because we expect some of their biggest names suarez cavani um Godin and Muslera to retire uh, uh, after this World Cup. Okay, the last order of business is a predicted starter. So I'll just go back and grab my list uh, that we went through in the player by player podcast. And um, we've talked about uh, Oscar Tabarez, um, no longer the manager after 15 years, and Diego Alonso coming in and getting off to a good start by qualifying them for the World Cup, and it is Diego Alonso who will take them through. For goalkeepers, we saw that Diego Alonso kind of inserted uh, Sergio Roche ahead of uh, Fernando Muslera, so uh, we think uh, Sergio Roche is now the starter, and Fernando Muslera the backup uh, keeper, um, and uh, that is the goalkeeping situation. The most likely third keeper there is Sebastian Sosa uh, as a possible candidate. For central defenders, we have three definite candidates in Diego Godin, Jose Maria Jimenez, and Ronaldo Araujo. Although Ronaldo Araujo uh, played mostly as a right back uh, in World Cup qualifying games, we have a likely candidate in Sebastian Coates. So we think all four of them will be there uh, but I think the manager would be silly not to go with uh, Godin and Jimenez because it's a bit, bit late to change it. Although um, Araujo and Coate did make inroads and actually started the last friendly in June as a pairing, I think it would be risky to, to uh, make them the starting pair. However, I do think Araujo uh, will get onto the field um, perhaps as a right back or in something like a three-man defence or maybe starting some games as a central defender, replacing uh, Godin, perhaps. Uh, as a left-back, uh, it kind of was Matthias Vina under Tavares, and uh, Matthias Oliveira made good inroads under 
the new manager and a bit hard to decide uh, which of those it will be. So I'm going to put them in yellow. That's my hedging color. <laughs> we also have Martin Casares, the veteran, as a uh, likely candidate to make the squad, but probably not as a starter there. Um, I suspect that uh, the new manager might go with Oliveira, but um, uh, Vina has a lot of experience, so uh, we'll have to see. Uh, as a right back, it's uh, uh, difficult to say. As we said, uh, the manager used Araujo as a right back, and we do have Damian Suarez as a likely candidate here, uh, but really uh, Guillermo Varela as a possible candidate, but a bit of a lack of candidates on this side. So it actually, um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the left backs, Vina or Oliveira, moved over, although the manager hasn't done that. Um, so I would say uh, Damian Suarez or possibly Araujo, but I'm not um, inclined to to highlight Damian Suarez uh, as a starter for the squad. So we're going to leave that one blank. For defensive midfielders, we have the young Manuel Ugarte as a likely candidate. And then for central midfielders, we really have a lot of candidates. Uh, some of them we moved to left midfield and right midfielders during the discussion, but they are coded as central midfielders. Uh, I wonder if Manuel Ugarte uh, is going to get a start with Sporting Lisbon. I wouldn't be surprised if the manager started him, but that's a a tough group of veterans to break into for central midfielders, so I won't be brave enough to say Manuel Ugarte will be a starter. I wouldn't be surprised, though. Uh, Matthias Vecino, um, I think he'll be definite. Uh, for me, Lucas Torreira uh, seems to be used more as a, a player to fill the gaps, and I don't think he's as likely a starter as some of the others. So uh, I'm going to put him as a player who will start a couple of games, my yellow highlight, um, but not a full starter because I think uh, Rodrigo Bentacor, uh, who we've moved to kind of a left midfielder, and Fred Federico Valverde uh, will both definitely be starting. So um, we have a lot of players here, though. Uh, Vecino and Torreira as definite central midfielders, and Aaron Barry and Gori Aaron as likely central midfielders, uh, not starters, those two, though. And then uh, we have Bentacor as a definite uh, kind of left central midfielder and Valverde as a definite right central midfielder. Uh, we also have Nahitan Nandez uh, as a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if he's brought to the cup, but I don't see him as a starter. Left winger, uh, it was uh, Nicolas de la Cruz, uh, as a left winger, even a left attacking midfielder under Taveras, but um, he uh, hasn't been as consistently chosen by the new manager. So uh, I think this position is very much up in the air. Uh, we have possible candidates for Kundo Torres and Diego Rossi, and uh, I really um, can't stake anyone as a starter uh, over there. On the right side, though, we do have Facundo Palistri, who the manager Alonso seems to favor quite a bit. Uh, so I do think he will be a starter on the right side. And for attacking midfielders, well, they don't always use the position of central attacking midfielder. But when they do use it, uh, Georgian Diarascheta uh, is uh, the one chosen for the position. And I believe he's been used as a right forward. So I think he's going to be uh, a starter 
at least sometimes, but I'll put him in green as a starter here. And wow, the forwards is uh, very tough to decide. So we have uh, Luis Suarez and Darwin Nunez as definite candidates to make the cut. And Edison, Edinson Cavani as a likely candidate to make the cup. And I imagine some of the possible, uh, or even possible but unlikely given the lack of forwards, will be selected for the squad. Maxi Gomez as a possible, and perhaps Agustin Alvarez uh, will make the squad because they're going to need a couple of more forwards. And really, Suarez and Cavani haven't started as regularly as they did uh, when they were at their height of power. Uh, however, hmm, I think uh, um, I'm going to say all three will get some starts, and I doubt that uh, among the three of them, they will uh, choose the same starter all the time. Really, what I think is going to happen there is that they're going to try them out, see if Suarez and Cavani can bring, uh, you know, can bring some of that old form, uh, that great form uh, into the cup. But if they find that they've uh, their age is kind of catching up with them, uh, switch to other forwards like Darwin Nunez. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if they try out a couple of forwards uh, in September if they have them available to them because this does seem uh, a bit lacking in terms of candidates. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Keep in mind, we're going to be doing an update uh, probably in mid-November there once the uh, team's uh, squad lists are published and the final squad is decided upon. Uh, meanwhile, please keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. Oh, I'll show the picture on the thing here on the uh, the screen for youtube watchers um keep an eye on soccer files canada that's soccer files with a ph in the middle and an s at the end and our website soccerfiles.captivate.fm and uh, please check our show notes for links uh, and information um uh there's links to previous podcast series and information about this podcast to help you navigate it meanwhile thank you very much for listening and i hope you uh will uh will enjoy the world cup and listen to our next podcast bye-bye